On this edition of Inside Boxing Live, we're going to talk some headlines, some big fights were made on the women's side of things, some injuries, we're going to rate the January fights, and then Gervonta Tank Davis is in action this weekend, and we're going to talk about that and more. It's another edition of Inside Boxing Live. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live, a product of John Boy Media. I am Dan Canobio. He is the former world champion, Chris Algieri. First show of the new year, Chris. So you're a big New Year's resolution guy. How's everything going over in sunny Florida? Going great. I'm uh, I'm missing New York a little bit. Not the weather, but my people. So I got to, I had to represent this morning. As we record this, it is going to touch 64 degrees in New York City. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is going on. I'll take it. It probably means terrible things for the environment and all that. But, yeah, we're hitting 64 in New York City. So, uh, yeah, it feels like Florida weather. It's still here. a little chilly for me. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nice balmy 83 today. So, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. I've seen your Instagram stories. I've seen what you were doing over the over the break. And uh, that's awesome. Some R&R. We were freezing over here. But today's actually pretty nice. Um a lot to get into on, on this episode, so let's jump right in. Obviously, Tank Davis versus Hector Luis Garcia fight is still on. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Uh, breakdown and also talk about what happened over the, his break. Uh, the fight was in jeopardy, but it's obviously going on. Um, some headlines, though. Some housekeeping before we get into um, all the, the big stuff is uh, this fight was just announced. Matchroom, February 4th, MSG Theater. Uh, it seems like these women's fights are becoming more relevant and they're becoming bigger and bigger and they're not afraid to put multiple women's fights on uh, on the same card and we're getting that. Uh, Amanda Serrano versus Erica Cruz for Undisputed at 126. Alicia Bumgarner versus Elham uh, Mekaled for Undisputed at 130. Scott Nicholson is on the card. Uh, Rashad Matthews on the card. Ramallah Ali, Richardson Hitchens. This is an awesome card. Just got announced by Matchroom. I'm excited to see uh, Serrano go for Undisputed at 126 because that brings us one step closer uh, to to the rematch with Katie Taylor. Uh, Alicia Baumgartner also going for Undisputed, even though they got Choi out of the way and they had they had to do some little finagling with the WBA. But, Chris, this is another massive card uh, for women's boxing, and it's going to happen right in our backyard at Madison Square Garden. I love this. Yeah, uh, it seems like Matchroom is trying to see if this formula is something that can stick. You know, they, they, they put the women's card on last last April, and it was a phenomenal card, fantastic. It sold. It was packed in there. We spoke about that on the show many times. Um, they're trying to see if they can do it again, if they can catch that lightning in a bottle and, and, and do it one more time and, and make a real run at this and really give these women a platform. Yeah, I love it. And the Serrano fight is obviously the, the headliner. It's almost like dueling uh, main events, but Serrano's the headliner. Uh, she was adamant about wanting to, you know, make history at featherweight you know she fought her last fight with katie taylor was at 135 that's way above uh, her natural weight um so it'd be interesting for her to think of the year amanda serrano could potentially have here and she becomes undisputed at 126 she's a heavy favorite over eric cruz and then they get that rematch with katie taylor which from all signs looks like it's gonna happen next maybe at croke park in ireland in front of a massive crowd uh, if she can somehow win that fight, <laughs> you're looking at undisputed at 126, right into undisputed at 135 for Serrano, and already has a career that's extremely decorated. But imagine that at, at, at this stage in her career to be able to go undisputed back to back, two different weight classes. 
it can only be done in, in women's boxing. Mm-hmm. A, a man couldn't do that, so it's pretty cool that she's she's going for it. She's really reaching for gold. I mean, it would be it would be historic, and I don't think it would it would ever be broken, especially by a man. Um, but yeah, that I mean, she should go for it. all the power to her. She's a she is a beast, and doesn't matter what what weight class she fights in. I mean, she brings it. Yeah, and Lisa Baumgartner fighting at one thirty, uh, undisputed. Um, there's some talks with Bumgarner maybe ha- uh, fighting Serrano if something happens with this Katie Taylor fight not happening. Uh, Bumgarner obviously. Uh, the thing with the women's too with the weight is I feel like they they're able to jump around the weights a little bit easier. Why is that? You know, it's different than the men too. Like it, I feel like you know Serrano has no problem going to 135. Bumgarner I feel like could fight at 135, maybe even 140. I feel like it's very easy for them to hop around and find like the biggest opportunities, which you know you can't say the same for the men. It's power. The, the difference is power, and that's the difference between men and women. It, it's just the fourth generation. Amanda Serrano has power. She's one of the few women out there who can really, really punch. She has not got power. That carries with you. We've said that before. Some, you know, the, the power it gets carried. Like Manny Pacquiao was able to, you know, he was a puncher at 26, all the way up to, you know, 47. He was knocking guys out. So, you know, when you have power, it's a little bit different. You can you can jump around. You can the body size doesn't make it not much of a difference if, if the other person can't punch. So uh, Amanda Serrano has that ability because of her power and Bumgarner too you know she can punch so she would be able to to fight at a higher weight and, and still be successful yep that's what's going on and the women's side of things so February 4th we're going to have it uh load already talked to Sky Nicholson she's coming back to the office uh coming back to the studio I'm trying to get Bumgarner in studio uh nice. Jake Paul and Eddie Hearn will be back um so that's so much for that little lawsuit. Remember, uh, we we're talking about the Glenn Feldman Matchroom uh, Most Valuable uh, Promotions lawsuit. Uh, so clearly, they're able to make the biggest fights, and that's what's most important. No one gives a crap about lawsuits, and just give us these big fights. Give us Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor, too. Um, women's boxing it's it's rolling right now. I, I wish we could say the same for the men, uh, but I will remain optimistic. Um, Jamel Charles, um, bad segue because we're talking about uh, a fight that is not happening. Jamel Charles versus Tim Zhu is off, supposed to happen at the end of this month, January 28th. This is a huge bummer. Uh, Charlo uh, broke his hand while sparring. Uh, a lot of people were like, "Well, show me some evidence." He had a he posted his hand. He posted uh, the doctor's note. Uh, that's like the world we're living in, where you know his word isn't enough um this sucks uh jamel charlo versus tim zoo was a fight i was really looking forward to and now they're saying eight weeks that charlo has to rest before he even starts up uh any type of um you know training so we're looking at maybe may or june uh for this fight to go back on tim zoo's looking at other opponents he's already in the states obviously he he's from australia so he's been here training he's gonna look for another opponent this just stalls more things at, at 154 hand injuries are, are no joke you can attest to that yeah, I've had many hand injuries in my in my day. I've had I've had fractures that required surgery and fixations, and other ones that didn't. Either way, they take a long time to heal and for you to get back to your true form. You never really know. So even if saying, "Oh, well, we'll be back in May," you don't know that. If he if he comes back too soon, re-injures that hand, or if he just doesn't feel like it's the structure is there, uh, there's no reason to go on from there. You've got to you've got to make sure that your these are the tools. You got to make sure that they are they are you know ready ready for war. So I don't know what's going to go on 154. Uh, Charlo has all the belts there. Um, injuries give you a little time uh, with these sanctioning bodies that are just like prying, trying to get some more sanctioning fees out of these fighters. Um, so Charlo now, who fought once in 2022, 
uh, was going to be out for a significant amount of time. I don't know what Zoo does. Uh, if you were Tim Zoo, what do you do? Um, do you wait? I don't think he wants to do that. Do you fight a softer touch, which would be this is almost like the Tank and Ryan situation, or um, maybe risk you know maybe losing or getting hurt, or would you try to you know iron sharpen iron find a top ten ish one fifty four pounder if you're Tim Zoo? I like when guys stay active. You know, I'd love to say it's a fight. Oh, fight some stuff, but eh, I would I would go and get an easy touch. Go back home, fight fight, but over in Australia. No, he wants to fight here. Some some Australian power to puff. Yeah, well, I mean, if he fights here, he's got to fight somebody real. He's not gonna get he's not gonna get an easy touch here. You know, he can go home and fight, get an easy touch just to stay busy. But uh, I, I like when guys stay active, even if it's against someone that you know isn't isn't really up to snuff. You get a training camp under your belt. You make the weight. You get out there, you get that, you get that confidence. So I'd rather see him busy than just wait. Let's get some good news. Amanda Stanionis uh, versus Virgil Ortiz now has a uh, date, and it also has a state. It's going down in Texas on March 18th. Love that. Um, It looks like Jack Catterall and yeah, it's awesome fight. We'll talk a lot more about it once we get closer to it. Uh, Jack Catterall, Josh Taylor. um, That's about to be announced officially. That's looking like uh, March 4th. Uh, there was another fight that got announced, too, that's about to be announced. But we're starting to see the schedule kind of form. You know, it's only January, and there are some good fights in, in January, too. But we're seeing, like, a it's like almost like a puzzle, and the pieces are starting to fall in. Um, I think the biggest puzzle piece of the first quarter is going to be um, Tyson Fury versus Usyk. Uh, they're talking about that fight being no later than, like, the middle of March. We get that out of the way. That is a huge wow. event, and and I love that. And um, you know that would just kick things off. That's the official first big fight of the year, and there's some other big fights too. But that's the big one for the first quarter. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of movement, and we're seeing some fights be falling into place, and that's what we want, right? Speaking of heavyweights, did you see this? Um, Anthony Joshua, uh, Eddie Hearn has come out and and spoken about what uh, Joshua's time, uh, his his goals for him or his plan is they're looking for a fight in April uh, versus a top 15-ish type of fighter. Then they want to go against Dillian White in the summer. And then in the fall, he'll be ready for the Furies, the Wilders, the upper echelon type of heavyweights. And this is insane to me because the, the think of the, the Anthony Joshua timeline, what we've seen. After the Usyk loss, there was talks of him fighting in December. Remember? Oh, we're going to get him right in there in December, possibly against Fury. Uh, he doesn't want to waste any time. Then that got moved, obviously, the, with everything that happened with the Fury fight. Then he moved into, all right, Joshua's going to go right into a, a Dillian White fight, or he's going to fight someone, you know, in January or February. That is being pushed aside. Now he is taking on maybe uh, a Jermaine Franklin type of uh, opponent, and then they're building this up into this Dillian White summer showdown, which doesn't really need that type of marination. And then we'll see where the, the, the chips settle with Fury, Usyk, Wilder for a fall match for Joshua. I'd be shocked if he fights three times in, in this year, but this, the timeline, it just keeps moving for this guy. It's very, very interesting. It, we, we're going to have to pull the archives, go back to one of our shows. I literally said this is what they were going to do. <laughs> I said that he was going to fight somebody somebody soft. He's going to fight a, a, a UK guy, someone like Dillian White or something, and then he's going to fight Fury a year from now. And this is what, <laughs> this is what they're saying. Maybe Eddie Hearns is watching our show, and he's, he's still my Eddie watches. And, uh, and he took, yeah, so, I mean, that, that definitely could have been um, – we got to go back because I definitely I, – I, I said that exact thing, and I'm, I'm not surprised. We'll see if it happens. 
happen. Well, a lot can happen in, in, in a year's time, especially heavyweights, but Yeah. I, I didn't know like like the Fury Joshua thing, like I wasn't about to fall for it, but then like I started seeing more and more of it and like kind of fell into the trap, but I didn't think they were going to do a, a build-up for a Dillian White rematch, I mean, in the summer. But I understand what Matchroom is doing. Like, listen, come on. This guy still puts asses in seats. He's still a big-time star. Mm-hmm. So let's – I mean, like, Fury and Usyk are going to be tangled up. They could fight twice. Who knows? Uh, Wilder is probably going to fight Andy Ruiz. Uh, so let's get fill up a few more good stadiums. Fight. Yeah, there's no good fights. Let's fill up a, a few stadiums uh, in the meantime, and then we'll see where the chips fall in the later half of 2023 for Joshua. I still want to see him fight Wilder. That's the fight to hey, me. The, 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 you know, Eddie's thinking the cash cow needs to graze. And that's exactly what's going on here. He's, he's making that money. He's pulling in, pulling in that cash while he can. He, we don't know how long the timeline is going to be for Anthony Joshua. You know, he, he loses the Usyk twice. He, if he loses to Tyson Fury, where does he go from there? Now they get to stretch him out a little bit longer just in case he doesn't win that fight. He makes some more money. And the Dillian White fight, It'll be an entertaining fight, and it'll also give it, be a good litmus test to see wh- how much you know Joshua has left. Um, you know, if he comes out there and blasts out Dealing White, that's going to get people very excited for that Tyson Fury fight. Yeah, I get not it. Not that they're not. Yeah, I will, anyway. yeah, we get it. We get how the business works. Most fans that are listening and watching understand it. Uh, but it's just like funny watching the back, like backtracking and the the timeline shifting uh, f- for Joshua. But you're right. It is, I think we said this in the past too. If he doesn't knock out White. Then it's like okay, uh, I think we need to. <laughs> they're gonna if he wins a decision, they're gonna have to rush into and like let's find the biggest name out there, whether it's Wilder or it's Fury or. So we'll see that. That's the latest uh, with, with Anthony Joshua in the heavyweight division. Uh, let's get into our January fights. Uh, this is the first week of January. Um, let's take a look at the schedule and we'll we'll play a little game where we rate these fights from one to ten, and uh, we'll start with this weekend. Tank versus Hector Garcia. I'll start it off. I'll give it a solid seven. A solid seven. I think that Garcia is going to push Tank a little bit. Anytime Tank's in the ring, I like to watch the guy fight. I'm giving it a solid seven. What, what would you rate Tank versus Hector Garcia? I was between seven or eight, so I'll go seven, five. I like the fight. I, like you said, I love watching Tank. He's one of my favorite young fighters to watch out there. Um, he's entertaining. Between the buildup and the way he fights, he's he's a very entertaining guy. And listen, Hector Garcia can fight. He's he, this is not an easy fight at all. And it's, I think it's going to be a really good um, idea of where of where Tank is at, you know, at this stage of his career and and, and at this weight and how he's going to hang out with the rest of these guys. Yeah, we'll have a lot more on that fight in just a second. Uh, Boots Ennis versus Karen Chukhadzian, which is also on this card. Um, giving it a five. I like Boots. Um, Obviously, want to see him step up in 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 competition. This is the highest ranked uh, guy they had in the IBF. Solid five. Uh, I'm not super excited about it, but it's also another chance to watch Ennis uh, do his thing. Yeah, I, I would give this a zero if it wasn't for Boots. I, I love watching that guy fight too. I think he's super super talented, but you know, a three. Three. Okay. All right. Demetrius Andrade, your Go boy. Ahead. Versus Damon Nicholson. My dude. Uh, Nicholson has the claim to fame that he um, broke up Edgar Berlanga's KO streak. Uh, Andre, 35 years old, uh, with the PPC. Um, we don't know for how long, but it, I, I, like you said a while back, like they don't do one-offs. So maybe we see Andre at 160, 168 area where PPC has some good names. Um, I'll, I'll give this like a, like a 5.5. 
um, because I like I want to see where Andre goes next from here. I like to see him step on the gas pedal here. Not I like if it's like the third fight of a pay per view, I'm I'm cool with it. So five point five for me. Yeah, it's probably worth a five, but I'll give it a six. You get one point for being my my, my guy. So I, <laughs> I love watching Andre fight. He hasn't fought in a while. So um, and I mean and and honestly, Nicholson is is a is a tough guy. You know, I, he's he's been in there. He's been in there tough. His his only losses are really good guys. I can't really see him beating Andre, but it gives us a good idea of where, where he's at and what he's going to look like at 168. Let's go to next week, January 14th. I love this fight. F.A. Jogba is fighting Stefan Shaw. Stefan Shaw stepped in. Uh, I forgot who pulled out. Oscar Rivas got sick or something. So I actually liked Ajagba versus Rivas, but I even I like this even more. Stephen Shaw is someone that I've seen fight a lot. Uh, he's uh, signed with Debella, so I've worked a bunch of his fights, uh, Broadway boxing. Uh, he just fought this past November in New York City. Um, he is. I think he's ready for this type of test. I think it's a winnable fight for, for Stephen Shaw. Ajagba we saw in there uh, numerous times for, for, for top rank, and he lost to Frank Sanchez last year. Um, solid 7.8. I'm giving decimals now. 7.8 Ajagba Shaw uh, ESPN, regular uh, ESPN main event. Love like, like this one a lot. Yeah, I mean Shaw can win this fight. Uh, I'm actually gonna be I'm gonna be here in Verona uh, for this fight, calling the undercard. No, oh, nice for, for top rank. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going up to, to sunny Verona, New York. It's not a bad. It's not a bad hotel though. It's not a bad resort. It's like it's a nice resort. No, no not at all. Like turning. Not stone? easy to get to because you got to fly into Syracuse and then and then drive down. Turning Stone is actually a really, really nice place, but it's always in the middle of January. Like it's yeah. like we're, we're we're trudging through snow every January to get there. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a, a nostalgic thing going back to New York in, in January. But, um, yeah, no, this is a great fight. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't, I haven't done a bunch of studying yet on, on these two I'm going to, as, as obviously I'm working the show, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a fight that went, that shock and win. It's, it's going to be one of those kind of heavyweight scraps that are, are, are a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll have plenty on that next week. Oh, score wise. Yeah. Yeah, I go six. I don't know how important the fight is for this, but I'll go like a, a solid six. I think it's important for, for Shaw. Um, because I think he's like one phone call away from being in, this, in these conversations to fight someone like, a, you know, one of the top guys that's looking for one of these tune-up types of fights. Um, he's not obligated to any network. Yeah. He's with – I think he's signed with Top Rank and, and DiBello together, but they can work through that. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, 6.67-ish type of fight. Uh, this fight actually – any any, any – any heavyweight with a zero is is in the running for those kind of fights. So if you got if you got to know, you you've got you got money waiting, and and managers and promoters know that. So yep, absolutely. Uh, this fight actually just got canceled. Uh, Dylan Dennis just pulled out of his fight with KSI. Uh, that was supposed to be over on Disone. Wow. Uh, shocked. I am shocked. I don't know much about Dylan Dennis, but I I know shocking. that. He never fights. You just see his names always in these like Instagram posts with like some cryptic uh, quote about any of these Jake Paul guys. Like I think his claim to fame is that he's like friends with McGregor. Uh, he was supposed to fight KSI. I was like kind of somewhat intrigued. Like I would have like probably pulled it up on my phone just to see how awful Dennis is and like maybe watch him get sparked out. But I don't even we don't even get that anymore because he he pulled out of the fight. Um, so. Uh, this one doesn't even need a score because it's not, it's not happening. Um, what do you think about that? Dylan Dennis pulling out. No, nah, I'm not surprised at all. That this this fight, even even if 
it was still on, it would have got a zero because the chances <laughs> of it happening were slim to none. Yeah. So it doesn't even get him a score. But uh, but yeah, no, it's a zero because it's not happening now. Why doesn't this KSI guy just fight Jake Paul? Like, just are they they marinating that one yeah. too? Because that's like the YouTuber boxing Super Bowl. That's like the Pacquiao Mayweather. KSI is not that bad. <laughs> so I mean, he could actually beat Jake Paul. Um, he's he's athletic guy. He comes in there. He's very awkward in the way he he boxes in terms of a traditional boxing style. But he's really not that bad. He's a good athlete. He looks like he's fast and strong. So yeah, I mean that 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 could derail the train as well. But um, yeah, maybe they're building that up to be the big YouTube showdown. But I don't think Jake Paul wants that. It seems like he really kind of wants to make a run at this boxing thing and fight yeah. boxers someday. I think yeah, I think he wants to. I think he's supposed to be announcing a fight soon. I think he wants to. I think he's pretty dead set on like a fighter. Maybe it's like a Tommy Fury type before he goes that route. Yeah. Of like 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 KSI will always be there for that like that fight is always there so let me just try to build it up a little more by fighting like a fringe boxer uh 21st i actually like I, this fight a I lot i think he'll go yeah. i think he'll go for go boxing until he loses and then he'll go back to fighting one of these guys right I yeah think, he, i think he, he can, is trying to make that run which he, makes sense he can do that um i actually love this fight chris eubank versus liam smith uh january 21st uh i'll give it a solid 7 um uh, pretty generous today uh eubank obviously on the shit end of the uh, side of the thing. Is that even a phrase? What the hell did I just say? Shit end of the stick? Shit end of the sh- shit end of the stick. I think shit end of the uh, side, I said. Shit end of the stick Chris Eubank got from that Connor Ben thing. So he came out looking great in that whole s- scenario. Uh, he finds himself a, a, a good opponent, domestic scrap. Liam Smith had a few big wins uh, last year. Solid seven. I'll tune in and check out the crowd and, you know, an afternoon, like, showing here in the States where, you know, get revved up. Uh, I like Eubank Smith. Yeah, I I, uh, I am too, especially after how all that went down, the way he handled himself. I thought he was, uh, he was a gentleman and the way he took and handled everything and was very confident in himself. Um, Liam Smith is tough. You know, he's one of those guys. He's, he's always in a fight. So uh, this will, this is – I think this will be a fun fight. This will be a fun afternoon scrap to watch and on a Saturday – um, I'm going seven five, seven five on this fight because I I think I enjoy both those guys fighting and seeing them fight each other would be good. Finally, last day of the year, or last day of January, I should say, or last weekend of January, um, was supposed to be an awesome day where we get better BF yard in the afternoon. Then we get Charlo Zoo at at night. Obviously, Charlo Zoo is not happening, but we still get better BF yard in, in the afternoon here in the states. Um, yes. I actually like this fight a lot. Um, I don't I know how long it's going to last. Um, if I would love to see the over-under. We have DraftKings back. Um, we're working with DraftKings again, so I'll have a, a pick for that. Um, I'll give it a solid 8. 8 out of 10 because better yeah, be as a beast. Yeah. Yard is going to sell out, and he's probably going to get sparked out spectacularly. Uh, love that. And then hopefully gets us one step closer to better be of So solid 8, better be of Yard. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I'm going eight. I think I think Yard makes it entertaining. I think I, I think he's athletic enough. Um, I think that like you said he's gonna he's gonna come come out guns blazing until he gets caught. Uh, but I I think Arthur, Arthur better be up. His technique is just so solid. and He's so strong. It's just a matter of time until he breaks he breaks Yard in two. But while he on the way there, it's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, will Yard spar? Isn't he like notorious for not sparring? Like I remember when he was in the build up to Kovalev, it's like, yeah, he he his trainer doesn't believe in sparring. Is that the most asinine thing you ever heard? 
that's very interesting. Um, but again, like he's an athletic guy, and he's just he can just use use that. I guess. Um, I guess they want to go in fresh, but yeah, I don't I don't think that's gonna work. Artur Artur Beterbiev, I know for a fact from his sparring partners, he's got a slew of them. He spars like he fights. He's looking to knock you out. He's looking to hurt you. They they pay their sparring partners well because when you're going to a Artur Beterbiev camp you're going to get knocked out because <laughs> yeah. that's just the way he drinks. Damn. Um, so being... they're both on the opposite end of the spectrum. Oh no, no. I, 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 I have a couple friends who are, they were going to go up there or guys that did go up there and they came back and they're like, yeah, that guy is, <laughs> it's not nice. He's, he's, he's rough. It's really, really bad. Like I'm mad. Yeah. Like imagine that's like your two week assignment. Like, uh, I'm going to spar Arthur better be up every day. I'm going to go fight better be up three times a week for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i mean it'll make it it'll you'll learn a lot about yourself but damn take a toll i actually heard he's like a yeah. nice like uh have you ever interviewed him like on like for a fighter interview like yes he has like the, yep. the russian like disposition and i know he's not he's he lives in Mo- montreal and but he is russian and like he doesn't really speak that much english mm-hmm. but from everything i've seen and heard from him he's like a really funny like soft-spoken guy very soft-spoken very thoughtful um, we, we had an inter, uh, a fighter interview. We actually spoke to him for much longer than uh, we did for a lot of other people because he, he's, he's an interesting guy as well. But, yeah, very soft-spoken. Um, he's, very, he's, he's very religious. He's very um, like a, almost like pious. He's very yeah. within himself. Like you said, he's got that Russian disposition. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he's surprising. But also being across the table from him, and just I was just looking at his hands. And his, like, I'm like, this guy is made to fight. His, his hands look like gnarled roots. They're giant. <laughs> they're, they're they're muscular. They're veiny. And I look. I'm like Jesus. The guy's fingers are big. He's just yeah. He's a he is a a specimen for sure. So that's a pretty solid January. Um, you have to remember, like in years past, when it was like just Showtime and HBO, like there was nothing in January. You we were lucky to get like one fight yeah, at the end of the month. month. Like it was always the midpoint of December. Until about the midpoint of January, there was pretty much nothing. But now, like we've talk, uh, spoken about in the past so many times on this show, it's like we're living in that golden era of of watching fights and platforms. And so we get a, at least one fight every every weekend in January. Um, obviously, the, the Charlo uh, fight not being on there kind of sucks. But it's still a decent offering for January as we get closer um to the uh, big part of the boxing schedule. All right, this weekend, let's get into the big preview over on Showtime. Uh, Javante Davis, Hector Luis Garcia. This fight almost didn't happen. Uh, there was some a real serious incident that occurred uh, with with Tank Davis and the mother of his of his child uh, after Christmas. I think there was an argument between Davis and the mother. Uh, according to police, he struck her, causing an abrasion on her lip. Uh, there was a 911 call where she said that he was trying to kill her. I listened to it. I think a lot of people listened to it. It was it sounded pretty bad. Um, Tank obviously has a past. We know this. Uh, domestic violence. There's video of him at that basketball game. Uh, he's also awaiting trial in February for a hit and run where he struck uh, a car in his, in his Lamborghini. It was a pregnant woman in the car. He fled the scene. Um, three of the people in the car ha- uh, settled with him out of court. The pregnant woman said, no, I'm taking him to court. Uh, that's in February. Uh, there's a very good chance he could be locked up for a year. We'll learn about that in February. Um, but all in all, the, the, the mother of his, of his child uh, changed the story, 
Um, said Javante did not harm her. Call was placed. She said a call was placed in a frantic moment. Fight is going on. Showtime uh, found enough evidence there to have the fight go on. And I know Showtime takes these things very seriously. They've canceled fights in the past, most notably uh, Roley Romero. And Chris, a lot of media members rushed to judgment. Um, some that we know. Uh, some dedicated full podcast uh, articles with the impression that Davis was guilty. I didn't put any statements out there. No, you didn't either. Wait till you get all the evidence in there. Uh, we'll never know. We're never going to know what really happened. But what we do know is the fight's going on. And people that watch this show don't tune in to hear our thoughts on, on these types of things, which are important. Uh, they come to hear our thoughts on the fight. But uh, we're getting a fight this weekend with, with Tank. And But uh, that was definitely a big story for a bunch of days. Yeah, I, I did not think this fight was going to happen, honestly, just because of everything that was going on and, and some of the and some of the statements that uh, Tank was putting out there. Um, but Messy. we still got the fight, and it's a good fight. So let's 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 talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about the fight because right, that whole topic was was broken down ad nauseum. Uh, so Tank's fighting. I like watching Tank fight. Um, I know you do too. This is a real test for him. I know that Luis Hector Garcia is a 130-pounder, 130-pound champion. Uh, you got to mention that as, as well. But that's like Tank is a big guy. So whenever I hear like, oh, he's Hector, uh, Luis Garcia is moving up in weight. He's finding a smaller guy. No, no, no. Like Tank isn't that big. So I have no problem with him fighting a 130-pounder because that's like honestly where Tank should fight. I think he's fighting a, above his natural weight. Um where should we start? Like, I guess we'll start with with, with Hector, um, with Luis Hector uh, Garcia, before we get to Tank. Um, unconventional rise to where he is. A lot of his fights were in the Dominican Republic. Um, didn't really see much of him, and then he burst on the scene a very big way where he stepped in on short notice to fight Chris Colbert. And not only did he beat Chris mm -hmm. Colbert, he made I never seen this before. Chris Colbert running. In that fight, running to the finish line, not running to win, running not to get sparked out and, and lose. That was his big coming out party uh, for Luis Garcia. And then he followed it up with a big win over Roger uh, Gutierrez. Uh, this guy deserves it. He deserves a spot. He's a very uh, active puncher, throws around, I think it's like 60 punches around. We'll see if he keeps that volume up against the best counter puncher in, in, in boxing. But you got to tip your hat to Luis Garcia. This guy uh, had an opportunity. Had two opportunities in last year, probably the breakout fight of the year. Now he's fighting Tank in the first big pay-per-view of the year. So hats off to Luis Garcia, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, very surprising what he, what he was able to do with, with Colbert. He was normally a very, very good defensive fighter. He dropped him. He, he Like you said, he had him He had him trying to get to the finish line. And, um, yeah, no, very, very impressive. And he comes back with a good win over, over Roger Gutierrez. And here we are with Davis. Davis is an entirely different animal than the rest of these guys, so um, we'll see how he handles that. And I agree, the size thing, Gervonta, he's he's that good. I, we, we talked about the you know the, the women and how they can move different weight class. It's because of power. Tank has power. He's knocked out forty pounders. He knocked out Mario Barrios. He dropped them you know two three times in that fight. He went up to forty seven after that. So like he's he's got power, so he can he can move like that. But really, he's really a one thirty pounder. He's he's a he's a small guy. He just he just packs such a punch and he's able to knock these guys out. It's, it's surprising that you know it's like oh he's fighting a thirty pounder. Well, he's a thirty pounder. It's just that he hits that hard. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, with uh, Gar Garcia, I mean, it's he's got a kind of a traditional stance and style. You know, he's a, he's a good boxer. He's not not a huge puncher. Um, I don't know if it's really going to be a power thing with Tank. Tank generally walks through through guys' power anyway. But um, he's going to have to box and he's got to box real smart and stay away from that big left hand. 
Yeah, Garcia is throws 56 punches per round. That's right around the 135-pound uh, average. Uh, that's over his last three fights. A little bit of a headhunter. Um, Garcia is only 13% of his landed punches are to the body, uh, where Davis is mm. third, like 33%, which is was really good. Um, yeah, I, 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 he's going to have to figure out a way – to this is what every tank opponent has to figure out how to do is jab stay out of the way of those those power shots but still score yourself um which i didn't expect roly to do but that fight was a fencing match roly and tank where i think tank averaged like f less than 20 punches around and and roly was like just around there too like they were afraid to like roly was afraid to engage but you gotta like kind of do what leo santa cruz did you have to like attack tank and obviously, keep that yeah. in the back of your mind. Like, oh, I might get knocked out, but you're not going to win just sitting there staring at him, waiting, you know, winning that type of fight. I think that Garcia's got to go for it, you know, throw those 55 to 60 punches around. What, what's the path for, uh, uh, for victory uh, for Hector Garcia? Well, you mentioned Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, he, he boxed well in that fight. He landed some big shots. I think Santa Cruz was expecting to be able to hurt Tank. Tank was walking through those shots, literally got hit right before the knockout, got hit with a big shot, and Santa Cruz threw the same punch. Boom. Three Slip times. Rips that, that, that highlight rip. Yeah, that highlight uppercut, it was it was beautiful. A thing of beauty. Um, Hector Garcia needs to box the way he boxes. He's got to not fall in love with being able to land clean on tank because sometimes he might land clean. Don't expect it. Don't don't look at it. Don't Don't look at your work. Land the shot, keep moving, keep boxing, and stay off the ropes. Santa Cruz messed up there. He stayed on the ropes too long through the right hand, got caught um, with that big uppercut. He's got to he's got to box smart. Honestly, he's got to and not fall in love with with the landed punches that he does he does catch tank with and just box 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 box. Be be smart, stay away from the power. It's gonna be a tough assignment for him. Tanks uh, talking him up, which I yeah. like when an opponent does Ball that. Runs a long time. Yeah, he's talking him up. He says he's hungry. Um, he wants what I have. Um, let's go over to Tank. Um, one of my favorite fighters to watch. And some interesting numbers on Tank, Chris. I think you'll get a kick out of this. Over his last 11 fights, Tank is averaging 34 punches thrown around. He's the lowest in all of boxing among championship-caliber fighters. But 93% knockout rate, which is third in all of boxing among active fighters. 47.1 power connect rate, second behind Lomachenko. Anyone that watches Tank fight knows this to be true. He walks a tightrope. I call it that Canelo style. Uh, Jamel Charlo does the same thing. Low output, high accuracy, game-changing power. I think it's awesome to watch because it's waiting for that bomb to get detonated. But there's a flip side to it. You're giving away rounds. He gave away rounds, uh, not so much against Roley, but he gave away rounds against Santa Cruz. Uh, he gave away rounds against Barrios, not because he's getting outboxed, simply not throwing punches, waiting for that that moment where his opponent slips up. How much longer can Tank Davis walk that tightrope? Yeah, and that's what I mean with, with Hector Garcia. His, his path to victory is to, to throw and, and take advantage of those lapses and and Tank. Because Tank's looking to just detonate that bomb. He's 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 waiting through. He's walking through punches. He wants to get to that position where he can land that big power shot. Like you said, I mean, those numbers are ridiculous. The fact that he is so inactive, but his knockout percentage is that high because he's waiting on that big shot. He's looking for that perfect opportunity. And you, Garcia just needs to keep moving and not not be there to get hit with, with that with that, with that that bomb, with that detonation. 
But what do you think of, it, of t that style from Tank? Was that something you would like? I feel like it's not something a trainer would teach. Um, no. It only works for a, a certain amount of fighters. Like I think a Haney, a Devin Haney, could give him issues because uh, like we've yet to see someone put a yeah. like a consistent jab in Tank's face. Um, Shakur can give him issues because of the, his jab too and, and his length. It, it's interesting. Like I, I obviously it's it's awesome to watch and I think it's such an incredible like stat and. But how, like, is that sustainable against the higher echelon type of fighters, which I think that Tank is has no choice but to go for uh, after this fight? I don't like how much Tank gets hit. He gets hit clean. I don't know how sustainable that is. You know, he's, he's so in love with that power, and he trusts his power that he's willing to take a shot to give a shot. I don't love that style of boxing. It makes for a hell of a fight, though. That's why it's one of the reasons I like watching him so much. And he always and he always goes for the the knockout. Like you said, it's not something that your your coach is necessarily going to teach you how to fight that way. He might show you certain things, but he's chosen to make that at his style. He's like, I'm going to get you, and when I get you, you're going away. So he has got that mentality. Um, he really does believe in that power. So it, it makes makes for fun. Even even for a guy who doesn't throw a lot of punches, it's fun to watch. I normally like guys who are really busy and throw combinations. Tank's not one of those guys, but he brings power. He hurts guys. He's he's very technically sound when he does do things. It looks it looks it looks really good when he, when he does what he's doing. Um, but yeah, with the, with the other guys in the division, like you mentioned, Shakur, Shakur's tough because you can't hit him. So if you don't throw that much, and you can't hit the guy, you can't knock out what you can't hit. And with Haney, Haney's so busy. He's so long. He boxes. That's that's the style that I think Hector Garcia needs to utilize employ in in order to win this fight. That would be a really tough fight as well. But he's got that fight-changing power. And I've said it before on podcasts, it's not always the one punch that knocks you out that changes the fight. It could be the punch that, that, that hurts you early on or mm -hmm. lets you know, like, oh, man, this guy's dangerous, changes the changes the outcome of the fight because now i got to change my style because I can't get hit with that shot again. I've had guys throw hooks past my face that missed, and I was like, <laughs> nope, can't get hit with that. That was way too fast, way too hard. i got to be smart, and i got to box a certain way now. So uh, he has that, that game-changing power, and he believes in it, as, as he should. It's, it hasn't let him down. Especially, too, like his body attack, I think, is really impressive. Especially being five foot five and a half, which he's listed at. Like He's going to be the shorter guy. Okay. He's going to be the shorter guy against Garcia by a long, long shot. He's going to be the shorter guy against Haney. He's going to be the shorter guy against Shakur. Um, I, I think he's the shorter guy in this fight. Um, you better have a good body attack. It's like what we see with Canelo. Uh, when he fights these these six foot uh, and taller guys, as is Canelo just hammers to the body. So that's one thing from Tank that he kind of changes up his output when he does throw. He does go to the body, and like we're talking about him giving away rounds and this, that, and the other. But we do have to. I do commend him for uh, the Isak Cruz uh, when he did hurt his hand. He practically won the fight with one hand boxing. So I, I do mm -hmm. think he has that boxing ability. Boxing. Yep. I do think he he can 100%. he can jab and like he could change it up. I think he's that talented. Uh, it's gonna be interesting uh, as he heads up a bigger competition. Um, if he increases that volume, if he can get away with walking that tightrope, uh, which we saw Canelo like not be able to do. Like his power kind of went away, and he fought bigger guys, and and that doesn't work all the time. But the guy that he will be fighting next, uh, we think. Is Ryan Garcia. Uh, I, I, w I hope that Ryan Garcia would be in attendance. I hope that there's some type of announcement after. Um, but Ryan Garcia is a tall opponent. Like, he doesn't have the best jab. We've talked about his jab on this show. But I, I just see Ryan Garcia just using it as a range finder and keeping it out there and, like, keeping, like, Tank away. 
But I, I like I don't want to look too far ahead to the Ryan Garcia fight. But that's that's what's next for, for Tank if everything comes through um, in April. I think April fifteenth. That's a that's a big one. Yeah, you talked about you know when he fights guys at different sizes, guys who are taller. He goes for the body attack. That, that reminds me of the Mario Barrios fight. I mean, Tank was ripping the body shot. Uh, it's actually dropped Barrios with a body shot, and he's another guy. He probably, in terms of stature, he's got to be the same size as Ryan. I would think they're probably the same height, uh, five foot nine, five foot ten, uh, long, you know, long body type. And and Tank was able to to, to break him down, especially the body. And like you said, like with Ryan, not not a big jabber, but his his hook is so fast. He has such tremendous speed, and the left hook versus a, a southpaw is a very good weapon. So it's an interesting matchup based on styles and attributes of of Ryan. You know his physical attributes and his speed and then also tank in terms of his style and his stance that that's that's a really fun fight to, for me when i when i go down to study that fight and i really look at them technically and i put those things together that's gonna be a really fun fight to analyze and hopefully it'll be a fun fight if it happens yeah um the trial i know a lot of people don't want to talk about that i mean <laughs> there it, there's a good chance that that he does get into some type of legal behind bars or some type of home confinement from the hit and run but there is precedent for this and it's his former uh, promoter floyd mayweather uh, i'm sure you remember this before he fought Cotto. there he he received the sentence from the judge judge said yes you can fight Cotto. after it you got to spend 90 days in jail um and he had to do that i mean there is precedent for this like i could see that happening uh, again for tank and like we said we're, we're not legal experts we're not going to talk about these types of things but like there is a way around that happening, and and uh, where the Tank Ryan fight happens in April, Tank has his legal issues and and figure that out. You know he fights in January, gets the big payday. Fights in April, gets the big payday. <sighs> things that you have to talk about when you uh, are in the boxing world. Interesting. Um, one of the lights just went out in the studio. Does that mean we should wrap it up? Hmm. My lights are good. We got one light out, but we saw this one hovering over me. I do want to talk about Boots, though. Let's talk Boots quickly. Uh, Boots Ennis is fighting on this card. Uh, Karen Chuhadzian. Karen Chuhadzian, who is rated fourth in the IBF. The reason that ta- uh, Boots is fighting uh, Karen Chuhadzian is because he's the highest rated welterweight at, uh, in the IBF. Um, Ortiz... I think he's rate is rated higher, but he's fighting Stanionis. So, Ennis has been playing that a limit. He's been playing that game. He's been playing this game, waiting patiently. Um, his last fight with Castillo Clayton was titled an eliminator. Uh, now this is titled an IBF interim title fight, and I know no one likes to follow those things, but the winner of this fight would be in a position to induce one of the two scenarios: force Spence Crawford, uh, winner, to fight him. Or fight for the full IBF title if the winner opts to uh, vacate, which both of those situations can happen. We know this from Boots. We want him to fight better competition. He, it's not that easy getting these guys in the ring with him. So therefore, he has to fight the the Karens of the world, the Castillo Claytons, uh, and play that game until we figure out what the hell is going on with Spence and Crawford. That's just the name of the game for Boots. Yeah, I, I saw a statement that he put out there. He said, um, "I think that Spence will fight me, and that fight will happen down the line." Um, but I got to get past these guys, and I like that. I like I like when these guys stay busy. He's young. There's no reason to stay out of the ring and wait for wait for those guys who are at the top. He's going to get there. Uh, might as well stay busy and keep knocking knocking these guys out. But um, man, I'm, we we glossed over Stanionis and and Virgil Ortiz because we're going to cover that in later shows. 
But, man, I'm excited about that group right there, that group of young welterweights. You've got Boots, you've got Virgil Ortiz, you've got Senionis, but uh, and they're fighting, so that, that's a good thing. But potentially, at once the that fight clears, the Senionis and, and Virgil Ortiz, and we have a clear winner, winner, makes sense to me that they get Boots. And then that guy then moves up to that upper echelon where he can fight uh, oh, an Errol Spence or a Terrence Crawford. You know? That, yeah. That's old school. That's the way it goes. You beat the guy to beat the guy. And then you get the shot. Yeah, we talked about puzzle. Yeah, we talked about puzzle pieces before. Like the welterweight division is a freaking mess. And obviously, the the biggest pieces of that puzzle are Spence and Crawford. If they somehow come to an agreement uh, and they fight, I wouldn't be shocked if they fight two times. They could fight three times. Uh, that leaves mm-hmm. guys like Boots out in the cold. That leaves guys like Virgil Ortiz out in the cold. So it would make sense for Boots to fight Ortiz. That would be awesome. Uh, like that's like something we'll have to worry about and talk about if that does happen. But I think 2023. What'd you say? I said we're we're many parts away from. Yeah, we're many pieces of that. But there's a big pile of puzzle pieces, and that's like in that pile somewhere. That and it comes to welterweight. And I tweeted out like on New Year's Day, like five things I want to see happen uh, in 2023. And like at the top was welterweight clarity like movement like we can't have another year of, of spence fighting once crawford fighting once boots waiting virgil ortiz waiting there has this is the one of the best divisions of boxing so let, let's see some movement so that's that that is the pay-per-view on showtime we'll have a show on uh, monday reviewing it all um we talked about andrade before he's on the card rashidi ellis is on the card brandon lee uh, buried on the card. I like to know what his plan is. He's a really hard hitting 140 pounder. First big one of the year. Um, I'll be tuned in, working for CompuBox. Follow along. Uh, follow along with Chris. Um, should be a good one, Chris. What do you got planned for the weekend? Nothing. That's the only thing I got. I'm be watching the fights, hanging out, chilling. You know, the last couple weekends of the holidays, it's, I'm, I'm happy they're in the rear view and I can just kind of chill this yeah. weekend. And before uh, before January picks up, and I got a lot of traveling coming up between for fights. So. And we have some fun things coming your way. Always uh, like and subscribe over on Inside Boxing Live YouTube page. We have our Boxing Combine uh, coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, Some other fun content we're going to be putting there. These shows live there. Breakdowns, all that and more. Yeah, man. I'm excited to kick off this year. First show of 2023 in the books. As always, protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up. Stay out of those DMs.